Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who can never resist a good butt joint joke. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. Welcome to Wood Talk. It's show number 515. On today's show, we're talking about dimensioning lumber, a stupid question about pre-finishing, and flattening <laughs> boards wider than your jointer. But before we get to that, we want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Try not to laugh. Rockler's well, I didn't even see, like it's there. It's written. I'm like, wait, there's no way it says stupid question. About, oh, yeah, okay. It's there. Yeah. You read it. We always bring up the stupid questions. It's when they say that it's a stupid question, that's when we say stupid question. Wait, I thought you were at Lib there but no you're just reading right no, off the that's notes literally right. what's written there you may continue <clears throat> well rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years rockler is giving away a new product each month to one lucky wood talk listener this month they're giving away a dust right wall mount dust collector with unique wall mount design this dust collector gobbles up all the dust at the source <laughs> without hogging up floor space <laughs> this prize is valued at 399 dollars and 99 of them cents enter for your chance to win before December 1st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. And if you want to help support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash woodtalk and signing up to become a patron of the show. This week, we're thanking no one because uh, we don't have any new patrons. Nobody but, knows. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank my buddy Donovan, who's been a longtime listener and longtime patron. Really? And he's here every day. And uh, somehow he's putting up with me still. Yeah. So give him a shout that. out. What's his Instagram? Donovan's Homes. Let's send at least three people his way. <laughs> <laughs> Solid three. If you want to see more pictures of my home construction, you can visit his Instagram too. Yeah. Looks like a solid dude. Nice guy. Knows what the hell he's doing. Very solid. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. He's always right, he's well, always uh, working in the background of your Instagram photos, so I imagine his Instagram is probably pretty sparse. <laughs> Someone has to do the work. Someone's got to be doing getting, the work. I've been getting those too, like on my Instagram stories. People are like, you always just film all the people working, like you never show yourself. I'm like, you know how much work it is to make a story of you yourself working. Diva. Like, I gotta like set a camera on a tripod mm-hmm. and like film it, and then go back and edit it on my phone, and then post as a story. 
No, I'm just going to take a quick that. video of Donovan doing something. That's more, yeah, that's way it's, easier. That's just like framing a wall. Yeah. So it's equivalent. Yeah. Equivalent level of work involved there. All right, well, let's get to it. <laughs> Got to keep this as a little bit of a short show today. We're going to be blowing through this. Uh, so again, second show for our, our recording here, which means we're doing what's on the dining table, a little bit more of a, like a personal look at what's going on. Yeah, um, I know at least one person said they liked that. They liked did they? the whole thing. Well, I, then I that's saw how one you know, person. It's so. a raving, raging success. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully that one person will also go see Donovan's uh, Instagram too. <laughs> Let's get double duty while we're here. So what's on my dining table? Uh, well, I fired my wife. So there's that. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Look, one uh, one too many times she's back sassing me. You, and you fired her you know, as your wife or you fired her as an employee? Employee. Say, that's called divorce. Yeah, and I was going to say it has another name. Much more expensive. <laughs> yeah. So we explained <laughs> we explained all this on our live show that we do. The last uh, live show that we did was actually our last live show together for now. Um, we might still you know pop up and do like a holiday special and stuff like that. But uh, it's been a long time coming. And um I don't know how much I want to get into this, especially on a short show, but uh, it was a realization that her leaving her original career probably would have been more of a problem sooner if we hadn't had kids. So like having kids really disguised some of the issues that she had with taking on this new career path, which was basically helping me run this business. And, uh, you know, for an accomplished woman who, who had a, you know, a very well respected position in a company that she got a lot of gratification out of the challenge and the rewards of that position is now working for, you know, not working for me. She's working with me on this business, but really it's, it's my thing, right? Like the whole woodworking thing is my thing and she's helping me. And I think what happened is she had this kind of like, uh, she needed this anchor and, and unfortunately it wasn't coming from the wood whisperer side of things. So as the kids got older and now out here in Colorado, she started to volunteer and uh, at school and she started to find like, this is really what she wanted to do. And she was putting all of her time into volunteering and it was causing this little bit of a problem because <laughs> she's supposed to be working for me. Um, well, thankfully if I remember I kind of right. Like, didn't she, wasn't she in training before like I technical training? Oh yeah. Well, she worked for a, a software company and her job was as part of the sales team, the person who would do technical training and right. also sales like right. seminars to, to try to sell these uh, universities on the software that they right. So she's kind of already got the teaching thing in her background. Oh, totally. All right. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I, I'm <laughs> spoiling the end of the story. Here. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. So she's been doing all this volunteer stuff at the school, doing, uh, bringing in technical programs with 3d printers for the kids and doing a lot of stuff that like no one there is willing to do or knowledgeable enough to do. And it's been great, but it's also been taking her away from the thing I need her to do. Um, so this was creating quite a bit of conflict for us. And uh, we kind of both like sat back and I looked at the situation and I kind of realized what had happened here. This would have come to a head a lot sooner if, if we didn't have kids, because when kids come, you go, why am I unhappy? Oh, that's right. I have kids. <laughs> oh, why am I stressed out right now? Oh, that's right. I've got kids. Um, and the thing is the kids are getting older and as they get older, we have more time to get things done. And it's like, you can't just blame the kids all the time. You have to really look at like what's missing here. What's wrong with this situation. And I think it really comes down to some people are just really not, um, not built for, uh, self-employment, right? Like some people actually thrive in a structured environment 
where they actually have to, you know, make a boss happy. They have, they have responsibilities, people expecting them to be places. I don't think everybody's built for that. And, uh, and I think the fact that now the things are slowing down with the kids in terms of like, they're in school all day, we've got nothing but time. She started to fill her schedule with things that are gratifying work for her, even though it was unpaying work. So I told him like, look, I, I just think this is like when you gave me permission to leave biotech to pursue what I wanted to do with woodworking. I'm telling you now that we will figure this out. You go do what you want to do. It doesn't matter how much it pays. You want to be a substitute teacher, uh, get your license. You want to go back to school to actually, you know, be a full-time teacher. If that's what you want to do, do it. Um, so she did. <laughs> and now she, uh, <laughs> she started working this week at the school. She called your bluff. <laughs> she called my bluff. And now I'm like, holy, <laughs> what did I just Uh-oh. do? <laughs> so, yeah. So long story short, well, long story longer than I intended it to be. Uh, <laughs> she is now working with the school and we have to make some changes uh, here at home and in the business to accommodate that happening. But it's all good and it's a positive thing that it's happening, but it's uh, it's opening up some opportunities for me uh, to do things with our Patreon and YouTube member programs and things that because uh, it needs to change now because it's not all about the morning show anymore. Um, so, yeah, good stuff coming from there. Well, that's cool. That's, that's cool. My, um, my mom did that. She became a substitute, you know, once we were old enough and she didn't need to watch us every step of the way. And it was mm-hmm. incredibly fulfilling for her. I mean, she eventually ended up in real estate, but she's been, I think 15 years as a substitute teacher, truly loved it. Um, awesome. It's very cool. So good for yeah, her for the right, the right person. It's great. You know, it's, uh, and she's getting a lot of gratification out of it. So I just, I just want to see her happy. So here we go. that's it (laughs) made a a little bit of a detour and now i guess we're doing this (laughs) this is what we're doing (laughs) uh so matt i don't know if you have anything new the house is like dominating everything for you yeah that's that's pretty much it it's been it's been an overall like good experience i'm actually really speaking of like doing things that you actually enjoy Mm -hmm. you figure that out i'm like oh i i haven't been at my desk like at all yeah for like three weeks and I love it. So you're going to start working for Donovan now? <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that, but let's <laughs> <laughs> not take it that far. Okay. Let's not go that far. I mean, I, I'm, I'm out there sweat equitying it up here. Yeah. Um, uh, just every day is different. And like, I, I've, I've kind of done this interesting reflection. I'm like, I, I, I grew up in this generation where like college is like the only pathway yeah. that you could even consider. I'm like, you know, I don't think that they definitely sold the trade short because this is, like I'm actually enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I presumably it pays well. I don't know. Uh, it sounds like it, it would otherwise, but it's it's fun. It's something different. You're solving problems, getting things done. And at the end of the day, you're like, I did something today. I feel accomplished. Well, most days you feel like you accomplished something. Mm-hmm. And it's just I don't know. It it beats the pants off sitting at a desk all day. Do you think this changes though when you're working for a client and not mm. yourself? I, have yeah. no idea. I mean, you're the customer. I don't know. I'm, I'm in disillusion land over here. Yeah. So I, I have no idea. <laughs> Can some construction people uh, write us in and, and give uh, a cold glass of water to Matt? <laughs> I was going to say, I got a whole <laughs> to let bunch know of what it's really like who are to raising their hands right now. They're ready to write Matt right now. <laughs> this would be like me going like, you know, I just want to be a furniture maker for a living. This is so fun. I get to be what? on Instagram every time I take a duty. And I don't know, man. I'm only I'm doing like apprentice work. Like, yeah, like yeah. literally the things I do. I'm like, go get whatever out of the trailer. Sure. Go get me whatever tool. And I I enjoy it because my job is essentially anticipating need. 
just thinking about like, what's he going to need next? What kind of what coffee does I, he like? What's, what's he prefer? Well, the other thing is he is just like me and he will lose that coffee <laughs> repeatedly throughout <laughs> yeah. the day. Where's the damn so coffee? One of, my, one of my main tasks is to keep track of his coffee mug because he will lose it. You know, they make those Apple tags that are pretty cheap. He's, he's got those for a few of his other things. Yeah. And I think we're going to get some more we'll of those. Put them on the coffee mugs, man. <laughs> uh-huh. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. oh, cool. So what, I mean, do you think this is going to inform future decisions about things that you do or directions you go with content or something? So kind of, so about in about a month ago, I, I brought on a, uh, a part-time editor and camera person guy. Mm-hmm. His name is Brad and he's out of state right now, but we're doing some like, I guess trial period things where he comes to town for a few days and takes care of the cameras. Mm-hmm. And I've been living that. I I kind of live that experience. He's done that twice now, and it's it's really nice to not have to really worry about the camera stuff, and then the stuff that he is taking all the way through the post production too. Like all I have to do is be you know be in the moment, be on camera, working on whatever, and then I don't have to really worry about post production until there's a finished video. Mm-hmm. So it kind of keeps me off the computer. <laughs> Can I tell you yeah, that like when Todd, stuff. I was literally uh, depressed when Todd left because, oh, because I'm just like, this was so convenient, right? Like to oh, just it's- get the job done, be in the shop. I don't have to worry about copying footage and all that other stuff. Having someone take care of that is, that's a big deal, man. I, I find myself a little more productive too in the moment. Cause I'm all like, well, so for two things, in the moment, I'm more productive. So I'm, I'm only thinking about what I'm doing. I'm not thinking about what the camera's doing. Yep. To, to some extent. Sometimes I'm like, Brad, just get, this is a better angle. Go over here. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm like, I'm just doing whatever I'm doing. Um, but at the same time, it's almost like there's someone else here. I can't just go on my phone and mess around on Instagram for three hours. <laughs> some accountability huh. going on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I got to stay on, on, on task here. So yeah. things like get done and I don't get distracted as easily, yeah. which it's, it's been an interesting dynamic. So I'm going to see how that kind of plays out. Nice. That's, That's cool. cool. I'm, I'm excited for you. So does he, he doesn't live close. Uh, he's in Nebraska. How far is that for you? Six hours. That's, that's not close. No, no, no. no. So he, so <laughs> generally you no. Know, we're doing this thing where he comes for three days so and that kind of that, that three days of pay kind of covers the travel. It's a bit of expense. a long distance relationship then. It is, but we're looking at potentially making it not long distance. Taking it more seriously. It's it's a fun courting period. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's kind of interesting. He's, he sent me an email, and he's um he he did like commercial um commercial commercial production, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, like professional commercial videography something whatever. So he's like a real it's the real deal. Yeah. Like look at so him. It's also it's also kind of interesting too because his background is more like fully scripted, like rehearsed and everything yeah, like not this casual the camera, BS. The, the camera moves are, are rehearsed you know he knows what the talent's going to say or the camera needs to be what the shot's going to be what all the settings on the camera are going to be yeah. before the the take actually happens whereas now i'm like i'm dumping him in this thing he's like just follow just follow along make it work <laughs> just be like look on your worst day you'll do it better than i could do it is <laughs> what it comes uh, down to <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel that, when there's a professional that, in the room he's he's definitely professional I'm like this is so 
this, this is such an unprofessional workplace for you compared to what you're used to. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's such a day and night thing. But you know what? <laughs> One thing I've heard from, from Todd is that it's more gratifying because you actually get to see the results of your work and you get to see people enjoy your work. And then you are hopefully working with a person who can pass you compliments once in a while and be like, Oh my God, this was a great edit. Nicely done. I think it, it could be very gratifying for him. <laughs> I will. I've definitely done that already. He's edited uh, one video, I think. And it was like, I just, I gave him the footage and it came back as, Oh, this is actually pretty damn close yeah. and really good. I can't, I'm actually looking forward to seeing an edit of something he shot. Yeah. Because yeah, the camera's probably, actually moving the whole time. You probably time. don't get that kind of feedback from a toothpaste commercial. Man, that was just no, awesome. Just, yeah. <laughs> you can totally see the teeth. <laughs> you can see the teeth. Look at, look at those teeth. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> see the teeth. God. <laughs> That's cool. Well, hey, uh, Shannon, your thing reminds me. I got to pick up a kid's bike from the repair shop. Oh, that can be there a while. I know my no, local it's bike done shop now, is though. I got to go get it. Taking forever. Yeah. Um, I, I talked in the, the last time how I was toying with the idea of buying a, a actual triathlon bike. So mm-hmm. instead I went in a totally different direction <laughs> and I bought oh, okay. a gravel bike, uh, basically a hybrid mountain bike with drop bars. But here's the thing, cause this is the true irony is in the woodworking side of things, I'm not really a fan of making tools. I don't really like restoring tools and things like that, but it seems like on the bike side of things, I kind of like that. So I bought uh, a probably, I, let's see, I think it's a 2013. So it's almost a 10 year old um, hardtail mountain bike. So in case you don't know, mountain bikes are like all full suspension. Now this is before they had full suspension on the back. And um, I'm going to kind of Frankenstein it and add some parts. I've got some spare parts already in my own um, little bike shop, AKA my laundry room. Um <laughs> But I'm going to, you know, add a few things and kind of trick it out and turn it into like a full blown bikepacking bicycle because that's where I think I kind of want to take all the fitness that I've gained. Certainly triathlon has been a lot of fun. I've got big triathlon goals for 2022. But the idea of having a bike that doesn't have a power meter on it and I don't care whether it's aerodynamic or not is very appealing at the same Mm -hmm. time. Like, you know, the, the love of going out for a bike ride. Um, it's there to some extent when you're, you know, hammering intervals and things like that, but the ability to go backpacking with your bike or bikepacking, um, really is kind of a a fun little Venn diagram for me of things I love doing. So, um, long-term goal, long-term meaning probably in the next two years is to actually do the great divide mountain bike route, which is the longest unpaved route, I think in the world. It runs from Banff, uh, Calgary, Alberta area, all the way down to Mexico, um, through Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, uh, across the border. And uh, it's just so something I want to do. So that's the idea that this I'm going to take this bike. And just like woodworking, um, we'll probably spend 10 times more to build that coffee table than yeah. what I did want to pay for <laughs> in the first place. Sure. So I, I've dropped 300 bucks on a 10-year-old bike. And we'll probably end up paying, well, you know, probably could just go out and buy a $3,500, you know, brand new gravel bike and might end up cheaper by the time I'm done. I don't know. You yeah. never know. Um, but it, it's the journey. This is the thing I'm kind of looking forward to. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm like, keep checking the tracker because it's supposed to, it was supposed to show up tomorrow, but now it's not showing up till Tuesday. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> so you're all excited. 
Oh yeah. It's, it's just so funny because <laughs> I, I still plan to get a triathlon bike. I mean, I'm going to do yeah. a half Ironman next year. So I really want to get a dedicated tri bike for that, but mm-hmm. that's going to be one of those things that I go and like count on black Friday sales and things like that. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to buy a bike and kind of ended up clicking over and it's like, Ooh, bike packing. Ooh, I've always wanted Ooh. to do that. And like went yeah. the totally opposite direction. And that stuff is expensive too. Like my, my brother did triathlons for a while. Like oh yeah. Once. And uh, my God, the <laughs> amount of money he spent on that bike that he wound up not using. In yeah. The end. My you can very easily spend five figures on a, uh, on a triathlon bike. Yeah, I don't quite shame. want to go that far, but uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to do it, you know, for certainly hard to do it for less than three grand. Um, Yikes. But then you start looking at like marginal things. So it's like, well, if I just added this, it's only 3,500. It's like, well, if you just yeah. add that, now you have to add this. Now it's 4,500. And you're just like, yeah, it's, it gets a little scary. <laughs> you but. need that digital readout and hike. Uh, yeah. Oh, you got to have digital shifting now, man. That's the way of the future. I, I love how bike ads are. Well, this is what the pros ride. And it's like, look at me. Do I look like a pro? <laughs> First of all, I'm 46. Uh, so, yes. No. <laughs> yeah. Because the pros I don't need, ride that. I don't need what they have. <laughs> Yeah. And so if I have this, I'll ride as fast as Julian Alaphilippe. No, but mm-hmm. you'll spend that's as much. Stuff. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, that's, that's me. Well, cool. Well, you guys, uh, <laughs> you guys know who doesn't sell used bikes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They might now. They might now. So after this episode. wooden bikes are a big thing. Bamboo bikes are even bigger. That's so true. You never know. Maybe they will in the future. You never know. Uh, yeah. I'm talking about Rockler, of course. If you're ready to learn more about woodworking techniques, Rockler classes and demonstrations can be an exciting step in the right direction. Presented by members of Rockler's friendly and knowledgeable staff of or special guests, sorry. Uh, the in-store sessions have something to offer woodworkers of all skill and experience levels. Topics range from wood turning to cabinet building to finishing to working with a CNC and much, much more. Visit rockler.com to find a store near you and sign up. And if you don't have access to a store, check out their website for educational resources, including videos, articles, and free step-by-step project plans. I'll tell you what, that CNC course, that sounds pretty nice. I wonder, like, one of the challenges with CNC is, like, it depends on which machine you're on and, like, what Uh what software package they use. I wonder how you, you know, I know we were going to do a guild course, and that was something that was really challenging, was to narrow that down. I wonder how they handle that in the store. Yeah, I don't know. They probably do they have like their own CNC that you would learn on there in store, maybe? Well, that's what I mean. So Which you one? learn whatever they have. I'm guessing they just use, yeah, whatever they sell. But that's pretty yeah, sweet that, that they do sense. that. Good this stuff. Is, well, go. Uh, this is go me ahead. being horribly uninformed, and I probably am going to say the wrong thing because no, I'm well. the hand tool guy. Come on, give me some slack. But that's what we expect. Couldn't you spend like a lot of time just at a computer? Like, isn't, I mean, certainly working with the models and formatting into the right format file type and everything isn't it just a matter of then loading it into your cnc and hit it cnc and hitting go there's loading it into the cnc hitting go and seeing what happens okay <laughs> like there's there are times where like i guess you know when you're really experienced and skillful you'll you should have a good run um, but i know for me hitting go is like the first part of problem solving because then i go there's like you know setting an origin point and setting your tool height and <laughs> yeah. would that vary dramatically from one cnc to another in other words like so if you were to do it and then hit go on the machine the one machine they have in the rockler store what would your process would your process be that much different if say you bought a brand y cnc yes. for your own shop it, so it, it can, is. i mean okay. some of them are operating on the same principles the idea is it, i think the, a course like this is probably designed to be like 
you have to set your origin. You have to set your Z axis. Right. Now, sure. here's how you do it on this machine. Your machine might be a little different. You've got different buttons to push. But to know that you need to do that, to understand right. feeds and speeds, to understand how the router bit, you know, should be traveling through the work, how the work is secured to the table. I mean, there's a lot of commonalities between these things, and I'm guessing that's the kind of stuff that they cover. Uh, but once you start getting into, like, different software packages, you could just spend a lifetime learning vCarve <laughs> and how to <laughs> manipulate that damn software program. Uh, but it's powerful point. stuff. Anyway, it's, it's, it's all good. Go check it out. And of course, more than just CNC, they've got all traditional woodworking elements there as well. So go to rockler.com, check that out. It's a great place to learn, but don't go there looking for bikes. Not going to find them. <laughs> 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 okay. So I got a question here from Richard Rapant or Rapant. He, uh, he says possible stupid question, stain and finish prep. This is probably a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm working on a lifting top coffee table that's made using mainly pocket holes, and I'm at the stain and finish prep stage. Do you ever take apart furniture for stain and finish? Now, I'm going to take these questions one by one because I'm going to lose uh, lose the thread if I don't. So do you ever take apart furniture for stain and finish? Well, I think this might be a question you ask when you use pocket screws because once a piece of furniture is together, it's most of the time, in my case, not coming apart. <laughs> Right. That's yeah. That's a good point. So, yeah. so at this least might not be, going back together once you take it apart. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> he says, "Do you remove drawers and doors and stain and finish the inside?" So, I generally do finish the inside, but I do not finish the inside to the same degree that I finish the outside. I do want stain in there if I'm staining the project, and I certainly want at least a coat of finish in there. But I'm probably not going to treat the interior the same as the exterior in terms of just getting the perfect finish. Uh, just close enough and not real gross and and uh, rough to to the feel. Um, but what you're really talking about here is kind of the concept of pre-finishing. So now if you have the ability to take your projects apart and then apply finish, that's, that's what a lot of us do. Um, sometimes you don't see it in video though, and I'm guilty of this myself, because it's kind of hard to tell the story of a project and talk about finishing before you talk about assembly. It just feels in the middle of the thing. Yeah. Okay. We're finishing now. Yeah. It wait, really wait, feels what? out of place, but if you're, I think, I think if the name of it was different. Yeah. <laughs> like if, because finish, like it sounds like something you do at the end. It's pre-assembly. Like some other thing. Yeah, like if you get, finish. Yeah. It's, it's, it is. But in the, in real life, in a shop, a lot of times we are pre-finishing those parts. So we're taping off the things we don't want to get finish on. And we then apply our finish. It's great because all the pieces are, easy to handle. You can get to all the flat surfaces without adjoining edges, uh, making corners that you have to deal with. And then you do your assembly after that point. So if you have the ability to take your stuff apart after, you know, a dry assembly, um, yes, this is something that lots of people do. And I recommend you look into it as long as it, you know, there are times where pre-finishing just doesn't quite pan out and it makes more sense to apply the finish after everything is done. Um, but if you can go ahead and do it, it just makes life a whole lot easier. Um, he says, does this depend on the use case, such as indoor versus outdoor use? Is it overkill to do all of this? Do you just remove the hardware before stain and finish? So uh, it, I don't think indoor and outdoor matters at all to me, at least. It's generally the structure itself, how it goes together, and whether finishing early is going to cause me a problem during assembly. Or kind of I look at the other way. If if this is something with a whole bunch of slats I immediately look at that and go, oh. well, that's going to suck to finish afterwards. Maybe I should yeah. try to do that ahead of time. That's the worst. <laughs> Anything with slats, you should be suspicious of, unless you're like <laughs> finishing with HVLP, then you might see it a little differently. Oh, still sounds terrible. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. Cause you got to sand between coats and blah, blah, blah. 
<clears throat> is it overkill? Absolutely not. Like I said, a lot of us do this. And uh, yeah, I do. Uh, the hardware is like the last thing, the very last thing that goes into a case, onto a drawer, onto a door. Hardware is generally staying away from the whole thing. And that's the icing on the cake. When the project is completely finished and I'm ready to, to call it done, hardware goes in and then you don't have to worry about hardware and finish or stain kind of interfering with each other. So not a stupid question at all. I think it's a fundamental question. And I think it's uh, difficult to nail this down if you watch a bunch of YouTube videos because a lot of us do keep the finishing as the last thing because it seems like it's sensible to be the last thing. But <laughs> yes. talking about, you mentioned your buddy Donovan and his his work methods, just having yeah. this like experience that knowing it makes sense to do this now, that's kind of what pre-finishing is in a lot of cases. It's that like, oh, I didn't realize we could do that. Boy, that makes this much, much easier. Oh, oh. that's an option. I can, oh. I can do this. Wait, you okay. can do that. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Hey, I like that. Exactly. All right. Who's next? I think we're coming up on your half hour here, Matt. Uh, this is from Jeff. He yep. says, is there a rule of thumb when purchasing rough lumber to mill to a particular thickness? If I want material for a project at a particular thickness, should I purchase rough lumber at twice that thickness or an added percentage? I'd like to save as much money and material as possible. Obviously, um, I think the rule of thumb is about a quarter of an inch. Um, if I'm trying to get a finished thickness of, of one inch, I buy five quarter or one and a quarter inch thickness. Um, you can get away with a lot less than that. But, you know, if your board is particularly bowed or there's a lot of cup, I mean, a lot of it depends upon the actual dimensions of the finished piece. Is it a narrow piece, a long piece, et cetera? Um, you know, it, you might have to remove more material. Also, if the board, the rough board is particularly warped, that may have to remove a little bit more. But I do think the, the rule of thumb is about a quarter of an inch. Definitely not twice the thickness. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of wasted lumber. A lot of sawdust. Cool. All right, this one is from Lucas. I have a six inch joint here, which realistically, realistically gives me about a Pronounce five and a half all inch. of those letters, Matt. <laughs> Get them all in there. You know, he, he typed, Lucas typed them all in. Yeah, I want to make sure while you're in there. All, all those finger taps were <laughs> represented here in my voice. Okay. Uh, uh, it gives, realistically, gives about a five and a half inch capacity once the, once the fence is in place. I often want to build projects that are larger. What would you recommend for a dimensioning larger stock that won't fit on the jointer? Rip it to fit and glue it up. Plane and joint it by hand. Router sled. Curious to hear how you handle these large pieces. Well, if you're Shannon and you just joint and plane it by hand. Mm -hmm. Or you run it through a giant planer. I have a, I have uh, a CNC <laughs> in the other room that I yeah. use. That's true. You went to Rocket to learn how to use it too. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> he's got his certificate. That's right. <laughs> it's hanging up. <laughs> Class. The irony is, is the frame that I put it in, I build that by hand. <laughs> that's that's very ironic. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so for me personally, uh, I have a 12 inch jointer and I still end up with boards that are too wide for it. And <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for not wanting glue lines. So my last resort is to rip something down and glue it back up. So I will typically remove the guard on my jointer and make a wide rabbiting pass to establish a nice wide flat reference and then put that on a little sled through the planer flatten the other side flip the board over and then uh, remove that little ledge and then you got a flattened board i like to call this one the hangover method but i think there's a better name for it somewhere but i like hangover better hangover method 
Is you're like, hanging the board over the side of the jointer. Like you got to be drunk to do it type of thing. Or that. I mean, that's fine too, but. <laughs> if you joint your board and you end up with a face tattoo, that's the hangover method. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Nice. <laughs> and that, that takes me up to like the width of my planer. And then bigger than that goes to router slid. That's just me at least. Have okay. either of you guys ever done that where you rip it to, to fit and then glue it back together? A long time ago before I cared about what my boards look like. Yeah, I'm sure I must have just to make it work. I never did. I looked at that and said, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been it a little really worker point. from the earliest days. It's a real punch in the gut, you know, because it's like you've got the width and you are cutting it down just so that you can glue it back together. Right. And I think and that's just one of the, the reasons why like that glue up perfectly flat, you know, I yeah. mean, all the little extra steps you have to take. It's like, no, man. No. Well, I think this is one of the reasons why, like as much as it can hurt financially, like one of the first things that's like a luxury upgrade that you go, yes, this, this just feels right is when you can get the wider jointer. <laughs> this feels right. Like this, this was <laughs> the right thing to do, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> like no one regrets getting a big jointer. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay. I think we're done with the show. I think so. Matt, you can go do whatever it is you're supposed to be going to do. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I guess that does it for us. So remember that we are proudly sponsored by Rockler family owned since uh, 1954. Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success Visit rockler.com for a store near you or use the code WOODTALK, that's all one word, to receive free shipping on most orders over $39. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win that dust right wall mount dust collector. Whoa, yeah. yeah. I got me one of those. You made it through. I've had <laughs> one of those for like eight years, I think. Still going strong. Yeah. Shannon eight is a big proponent of that. Yeah, I remember many shows ago, you, you bragging on how much you like that thing. Yeah, it's good stuff. So anyway, for all those people that are like, have already started typing what an idiot I am about CNC and are just ready to just rant about all the things I don't know about CSC, go to whattalkshow.com and you can copy and paste it into the comment form or whatever there, or just email that to whattalkshow at gmail.com. I will be happily reading what an idiot I am about CNCs on the next show. So with, with joy, I will read it. Yeah, One of those emails will be for me. Just yeah, I can, I can already tell you that I agree with whatever it is you're about to say whatever it is you've already typed accurate and sent to us i agree with it so so here's your chance so thank you for those questions folks keep sending them in and thank you to margaret she's doing a kick butt job as our social media coordinator trying to keep it pg i don't know if it's clean yeah and then of course nick key of keyboard works he's doing a great job editing all of my heavy breathing which hopefully we're not going to have this time so (laughs) let's all give everybody a dose of that this is is gonna be our highest rated episode (laughs) this is the asmr episode actually nice asmr (laughs) that's good stuff hey you guys know what i did i uh i said hey margaret you're so good at this can you do my guild instagram account that we just started she said sure thing and uh and now she's helping me out with that wow pretty great right wow keeping her busy well, she's right. good people. Keep yeah. the good people employed. That's right. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, we give her a few bucks. 
employed yeah. is a little unfair. Yeah. No, <laughs> there was no W-9 involved anywhere. Yeah, there's no W-9s involved in this process <laughs> at all. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next time. Love you. Bye. See ya.